story of someone. Growing up where I did, a lot of things could have gotten in the way of my goals, but I learned to push through, and that's what I bring to work every day. So maybe it's time we look beyond the resume and look to grads of life. Discover new ways to develop great talent that are so much more than what's on paper at gradsoflife.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Grads of Life and the Ad Council. For good halal soul food, treat yourself to a Zam's Halal Soul and Grill, located 2617 Gray's Ferry Avenue, where Washington meets Gray's Ferry. Ask for the $10 Labor Day special. Call now, 267-422-2607. Celebrating 15 years as the voice of the community, this is Word Radio, 96.1 FM WURD and 900 AM WURD, Philadelphia, Black Talk Media. Something revolving Wherever may come The world keeps revolving They say the next big thing is here That the revolution's near But to me it seems quite clear That it's all just a little bit of history repeating Okay, and speaking of history repeating can your birds, can your Philadelphia Eagles repeat history and win that Super Bowl again? Got a tough road, got a tough road this season. Everybody's looking for you. Everybody is looking for you. And when they are looking for you, they're going to probably get, this will be every team's Super Bowl. If you're a last place team, if you're a mediocre team, this will be your Super Bowl. Your Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> are wearing the crown. Now, the last time, the uh, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles wore the uh, the crown coming into the 1961 season. I didn't even think they made the playoffs, but then again, that was I mean that team had an aging Norm Van Brocklin, Tommy McDonald, and a whole bunch of uh, Pete Retzlaff and all those other teams on all the guys on that team. They were kind of up there in age. So, but this time around, the Eagles coming into this year as your Super Bowl champions. They have some questions. They got some injuries. Nigel Bradham is out. Um, you know, Alshon Jeffrey's not coming back in two weeks. I don't think much of Mike Wallace as a receiver. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, I, you know, we'll see what the Eagles will do. But the good news is Darren Sproles should be back. Jason Peters will be back. And we will see what this team looks like. In terms of final cuts, there's a couple of guys that I hope I like to see make the team. This kid, uh, Josh uh, Adams, a local kid out of uh, I think it's Bucks County North and or Central Bucks North, is um, is looking to make the team. Kid out of Notre Dame, he's looked well and he's looked really good in the preseason. It could mean that maybe Wendell Smallwood could be out. You see, he's vying for that fourth running back spot. If he if Wendell Wendell Smallwood actually hangs on, I suspect that they will bring, they will put Adams on the practice squad. As for as for um, Donnell Pumphrey, the kid out of San Diego State, who is the football bowl subdivision or NCAA's all-time leading rusher, um, there's some question. He didn't look that, he didn't play much in the preseason, and he played a little bit. I think he might be back on the practice squad. So, with that in mind, my guest, my next guest from Football Stories the Magazine, Al Thompson. We've got to um there there's some questions about this team, but what's the most important? I mean, we obviously whether or not Wentz is gonna come back or not to start the season. But when you look at this team, what's what's one what's one of the most important um, issues that this team has. What, what would you say is the most important issue this team has coming into the season? Well, I would go with two. Uh, Jason Peters, is he going to be okay? What's going to be like when he comes out? Because we haven't seen anything out of uh, Hal Vitae. Hal Vitae, Vitae, Vitae hasn't played. I mean, I mean, it's been horrible. Yeah, he has. Right. And they've, they've been getting in shape. 
during the preseason. He played like the whole game. Right. So every preseason game because he's still out of shape. Apparently he got married and uh, did nothing. Wow. Uh, he was on a month-long you know, honeymoon and uh, apparently just uh, did nothing and it's showing. Uh, the other thing is um, Tim Jernigan's not going to be playing. We don't know if he's going to be playing right. the year or for good. Haloti uh, Nada's not done anything in the preseason. Uh, and then you start thinking about, geez, Bo Allen is gone. Right. Now, if, if Tim Jernigan was healthy and you brought in Haloti Nada, I'd say it's a, it's a pretty good upgrade. Right. But now that Bo Allen's gone, Haloti Nada. You know, Tim Jernigan, uh, you know, you lost Tim Jernigan and, and Bill Allen. Right. They're gone. And all you got left now is Holoshi Mm. What does that say? Yeah, uh, and Fletcher Cox. I mean, that's they're going to be thinner. They, they'll be a little bit thinner than they were last season. People can double team. If he doesn't have a great sidekick there, they can double team Fletcher Cox. Right. And they, then, you, then you get the problems. Now, will Michael Bennett and Brandon Graham play tackle? Yeah, I think so. Right. Uh, I mean, Bruce Hector, you're going to really depend on him to, uh, to come in here and uh, make the team. And, and should be right away, Stephen Mean. Uh, you know, he's beating up some guys the other night uh, against uh, the Jets, but they were all back up. The guys wanting to be in the league. Right. Is he going to be able to help you? I don't know. Compared to with Tim Jernigan and what the Allen gave you over the last couple of years. Right. Uh, at least Tim Jernigan, at least last year, he helped you win a Super Bowl. And so the um, uh, the loss of Tim Jernigan, and now you don't have much of a uh, backup, um, really hurts this team. You know, so um, the uh, we'll see if, if uh, Helodinata comes out and plays well, they'll be okay. Uh, but uh, I don't know; he's really up there. Mm. Um, and we'll see. But those are the two biggest question marks I have. Right. Coming into the into the season. And uh, I think it should be something that, uh, yeah, I'm not, it's 34 years old, 13 years. Right. In the league. Uh, he's played a pretty tough spot. Now he's been around. He's won a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, he, he's a uh, – and a lot of times these guys coast during the, during the uh, training camp and preseason games. And so hopefully he's, he's going to be okay and he'll help out. He'll make up for – until we figure out what's going to happen with Tim Jernigan. But uh, Tim Jernigan's injury was so bad, the Eagles uh, – restructure this contract. Yeah. I mean, that's really uncertain what's going on with him. And people are just kind of forgetting about it. They just assume that you know, Derek Barnett's going to you know, make that leap into the next level. Uh, Brandon Graham is still a big question mark. Is he going to be okay? I mean, you, I don't know if you saw this. He showed already his foot back in, I think it was you know, June. And I'm like, wow. My foot's really mangled. Brandon, how are you going to play? And, uh but he's he's out there practicing like he's uh, you know, Jim Schwartz says he's he's like a new like a rookie. He's he's out there flying around. So right, hopefully he'll be okay. And uh, so those are the two biggest spots that I, I look at that tackle, and then that Tim Jernigan he tackle uh, spot a real question mark. And obviously, all shot Jeffrey again. This is a maternity. This is a uh, you know a uh, this is a uh, injury ward going into the into the season just like. The end of the season with all kinds of guys hurt. Right. So, so I guess the expectation is going to be that a lot of these guys step up. And I want to talk about – I'm going to go to the offense for a second. The running game. Um, the running game, I guess Jay Ajayi is going to probably get most of the reps in the running game. But is that a spot to be concerned about? Because Darren Sproles – is going to play the third back role, the scat back. He may come. Obviously, he'll come in on some second, yeah. second, first, and second down situations. But don't they? But I, I still say when they had Legarrette Blunt last year, they were able to close the show in games. They were able to close teams out because they could run the football. Who amongst the rest of that pack can help? I mean, you got Corey Clement, who I don't. I don't see him as as I, I see him more along the lines like a Sproles. You give him the ball in the backfield in space. Who do you? I mean, I mean, who could fill that spot? Then you got Wendell Wendell Smallwood is on the bubble. Josh Adams has performed well. I mean, wh- what do you do in that situation? Well, I, 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 I there is not. You know, Larry Garrett was that big bruising back that uh, did close out some games for you that everybody remembers that. 
Chargers game where he just you know just took over. But that was one game. And uh, going into here, I was going to say um, Josh Adams had uh, in his final preseason game when it all mattered, he had 13 carries, so they really featured him right the night against the Jets. All backup. He had 13 carries for a measly 27 yards, 2.1 yards per carry. Not impressive. No, no, yeah. not not at all. But but when but, but can you can, can you attribute, attribute that to the offensive line not being well, Mackin? Yeah, well, they they, they uh, that, that, that he wasn't playing with the uh, first team offensive line, not even close. Right. And so, yeah, that's definitely a factor. But you're also playing against backups on defense. Right. So, uh, was it was it apples to apples? I mean, if you look at the depth chart, yeah. That's Their true. Backups against against Eagles backups. Yeah, but Jay Jay's biggest uh, challenge this year. He's still young. Uh, he's only his fourth year, and he's got uh, you know not a whole lot of mileage on there. It's his consistency. Right. That that big year he had in Miami. He had three two hundred yard games in a row. Right. He just owned the NFL. Right. And then he kind of disappears. And he did the same thing with the Eagles last year. Mm-hmm. He has those two big monster uh, showings against uh, Denver and against Dallas. Right. And then he was okay, you know, the rest of the way. He contributed in the Super Bowl. He contributed in every game. He contributes every game. He doesn't disappear, I can say that. Right. But, but he looks like a feature back one game, and then he looks like Wendell Smallwood the next game. Right. So we've we've seen the bursts. We've seen the the, uh, the times where he can really has that wow factor. Is he going to have that this year? And I think he's one of these guys that responds when he's needed. You remember Spencer Hawes, the yeah, Sixers? Yeah, I remember. I remember him. Yeah. When, when the other bigs were out hurt, all of a sudden he looked like Bill Walton at, at the UCLA, <laughs> at the Portland Trailblazers, right? Right. And then when all the bigs came back, and he was kind of a, and he had to kind of have a lull, just literally disappeared. Right. And I think that's you know there's some athletes that separates the uh, the really good pros from the Spencer Hawses, you know, the, the from the uh, on the football side, from the Wendell Smallwoods, you know, from from people who just have these roles. Right. And uh, Jay Ajayi he has. I, I, they need him this year, right? So will he? Will that have, that help him? We talked to Gary Cobb. Uh, you know the thing we do on Wednesdays, right? He said that's a that's a true factor with some players that they they respond better when they're needed, right? You don't need him this year because, like you said, uh, as as good as Darren Sproles has looked in practice, most fans haven't seen him, right? Uh, uh, but he's looked really good. Uh, he's going to be. Uh, uh, definitely a big help. Uh, Corey Clement is um, probably going to take a, uh, you know, hopefully a step forward. Right. Needing him more. But he's he's a role guy. Wendell mm-hmm. Smallwood, same thing. Uh, so uh, I think Donald Pumphrey has played himself off the screen. Yeah, I was going to I was going to ask about that because you remember last year, um, the uh, remember Howie Roseman and the other guy Douglas. What's his first name? Joe Douglas, I think it is. Joe Douglas. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. He, he came in. He came in last. He came in. Um, they were touting this kid, and they touted him to be the second coming of of Darren Sproles. What I saw in the practices, OTAs, mini camps, and training camps last year did not impress me. He caught a couple of passes on Thursday, and I'm like, are they? Are, it, I get the feeling since they drafted him in the fourth round that they may put him on the on the practice squad. But you, you're saying that he's he you you might be right. I think he uh, may they, play. They, he, gonna, they have you know where the the fact that they're they're going to have to keep uh, you know it's a numbers game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have eight practice squad players. Are you going to keep a guy like Aaron Evans or uh, you know a Josh Adams or even a uh, you know a, a third? fourth quarterback on there. Uh, you've got uh, the situation with Jordan uh, Bailata. Uh, he's going to take up a roster spot. Right. They, can't, they have to keep him on there because they, if they put him on the practice squad, he won't last five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he'll be taken by somebody. So right. they're going to have to take use up a spot, rocker spot for a guy they know is not going to play this year. Right. So um, that's that's tough. Yeah. Uh, so because- there, there, there are a number of things. So 
this kid has shown nothing. Yeah, there hasn't been like one game where you went, wow, that's what we drafted him for. There's been never been anything like that. No, no. He's always I, hurt. And when he does play, it's like, wow, that's not that's kind of disappointing. So, yeah, uh, he, he's been lackluster. He's been yeah. Pumphrey has been lackluster at best, and yeah. and and that's and that's not good to be and like. He's not angry. He's not really angry. No, no, he's not angry. I mean, to me, and being a little guy, being a smaller guy, I mean, you know, one thing I would say about about Darren Sproles, I remember him coming out of K State, Kansas State. And he can't, like I said, you come in with a chip on your shoulder. You come in, you know, you demand the ball. I think from what I've seen him in the times I've seen him in the locker room, he seems to be overwhelmed and lost by this whole thing. Yeah. You know, so. No question about it. Right. So let me, so, my, but I'll say this, though. In compare, looking at uh, Josh Adams in comparison to Wendell Smallwood, I think Adams is a better, is a better back. Then Smallwood. I mean, and you know, I just think just by the eyeball now, test, eyeball talent, test. Yeah, Josh Adams has, but he's always hurt, um, and uh, he didn't show much when he really they really needed him to uh, show them something. He didn't Thursday night, right? Um, and he was out. He missed one of the preseason games, so he was hurt. Uh, he's missed some time at training camp because he's hurt, right? So he has shown. There's times where he showed you talent. Uh, he's talented. There's no question about it. Right. But the reason why he wasn't drafted by anybody was because he can't stay on the field. Ah. So what yeah. do you do? Wendell Small was the same way, kind of. You know. So don't be surprised they don't pick somebody up. Right. You know, once all the cuts are made around the league, they so there might be a, a guy out there that they want to grab. You know. Right. Them out. So uh, I uh, uh, right now it's J.J.I. Darren Sproles uh, and. Uh, Corey Clement, right? The three main guys they're going to be going to uh, Thursday night against Atlanta, which would be very exciting. Right. I'm interested to see how this group comes out and responds to a team that's going to want to take their head off. Right. And they've got to be still pretty bitter about that game last. Yeah. I mean, there, there aren't any rabbits left in Philadelphia. Wow. There are no rabbits left. You know why? Because the Eagles pulled every one of them out of their hat. Right. Uh, that, that, in that playoff game. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, throughout that whole playoff no, run, they they put you yeah. right. Yeah, there's no hats left. There's no rabbits in Philadelphia. Nobody. They're, right. they're all gone. So right. The, uh, and uh, they pulled some of the biggest ones out because they annihilated Minnesota. There was no – you didn't have to pull a rabbit out of your hat in that game. Right. And the offense was spectacular against New England. So the uh, – that uh, – some of those things that happened in the Atlanta game, I'm sure they still go on their mind. It was right. a frustrated group. The year before they lost – they, they blew a twenty-eight to three lead. Then last year they have that you know some pretty crazy stuff happen. Right. You know, this, this Corey Smith catch off the ricochet uh, should have been an interception. Uh, we'll live in infamy in, in Atlanta forever. Right. <laughs> uh, wow. That's that's you know that's probably true. Now let me ask now. Speaking of pulling a rabbit out of the hat. Um, Alshon Jeffrey is out. Has Mike Wallace shown you anything in this preseason? Uh, he, he's got like uh, he's Roberto Duran. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's been terrible, and so has uh, Matt Collins. Wow! So is it going to be Shella Gibson coming to the rescue? Is it going to be Zach Ertz? Is it going to be Dallas Goddard? Right. They're going to go to him early, but I, I just think that Goddard's going to get a uh, welcome to the NFL uh, uh, hits on Monday night and trash talk. You know, right? You don't think that that Beasley won't try to take his head off, you know, right. in the line of scrimmage, or they're going to be doing some kind of crazy stuff to him, right? So uh, it should be a uh, interesting to see how Goddard uh, happens. So right now, he there's some players like uh, Jalen Mills and, and uh, uh, Bo Allen who came in late round picks who just came into that locker room and just said, "I'm here and I'm not going anywhere," right? And especially Jalen Mills. Uh, he, he pushed himself to be a starter, one of the better uh, D-backs. You can make the argument he's one of the better D-backs in the NFC. Dallas Goddard has kind of done that. Right. He came in here and just said, yeah, I'm a starting I'm a starting level tight end here in the NFL. And uh, What do you mean, rookie? Yeah. You know, so he's played that way. Right. And that's what you love. You got, if you're a uh, Eagles fan, I mean, they really haven't seen this kid that much. Right. He's really play. Now, yeah. let, let me ask you this question. Might the Eagles... 
with the absence of Alshon Jeffrey, kind of take a New England Patriots approach in that you emphasize the tight ends as a part of your passing game. Absolutely, because he's the big target. Alshon is that big guy in the end zone. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Dallas Goddard almost like a a wide receiver in this game. Right. Uh, So, Mm. yeah, I I would expect that. I'm sure they're going to be balls and rabbits out of their hand on offense. So uh, it's to be an exciting game. Uh, they're going to have we're going to drag out the Super Bowl stuff one more time, and uh, you know when they start the game, they're going to have the unveiling of the uh, I guess some kind of banner or whatever. Uh, right. It should be very very exciting if you're if you got a ticket to the game, and uh, uh, I can't wait. I think it's going to be a blast and, uh, <laughs> for everybody. Whether you're a media member, whether you're a fan, whether you're a player. Uh, it's going to be, uh, and, and the nation's going to be watching national television, right? Uh, and uh, you know, you got Matt Ryan coming back in here. He's a home boy and uh, hometown boy, and, and uh, so uh, they got some weapons. Devontae Green's back. They got a great offensive line now. It's Max, there's a gets in the industry. Adam Levitri, uh, you know, these are all good interior line that's going to be challenged. And that's that's what I'm worried about with the Eagles. With if you lost uh, Tim Jernigan. Uh, that's a really good, you know, uh, guard center combination interior line that they have, and you know, is, are they going to be able to compensate for the loss of Tim Journey against this really good line? Yeah, it's going to be uh, one of the great matchups this week, I think. Right? Is how do the Eagles do this this week? Is Haloti Nana going to come in here and uh, you know get this guy because Fletcher Cox kind of had him last year, right? And the thing is that so. Is that he had, but he had Tim Jernigan playing at a high level right, right. there, and right. Then, that frees Cox up to do his thing, you know. So mm-hmm. um, uh, these are concerns. What can I say? Right. And uh, Julio Jones is probably going to make a statement after letting that ball sail through his hand, uh, you know, in the final seconds of the uh, of, of that playoff game. Right. So yeah, they got a happy uh, rookie they drafted in the first round uh, at receiver. Uh, his name is just one second. Uh, Calvin Ridley, right? Cal- so, uh, Cal- Alabama, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's going to be fun to watch. I mean, it's a great matchup for a Thursday night football game, right? The opening season, it really is. And, uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think fans across Philly and across the country are going to be tuned uh, into this one, right? I yeah. think they will. I, you know, the thing is though. Um, and I'm gonna and I'm and I'm gonna close out this segment because we have to go to break and I'm gonna just sure. just thank you in advance. But yeah, I gotta I gotta say this though. I want to know if Carson Wentz, call me Carson Wentz, will be back. Will be back to his usual self. How he how he mentally deals with being back on the field because it's one thing to practice, one thing to practice, Al. But game speed, game yeah, speed. You know what? That's the one thing his biggest asset is is his mental approach, more so than his than his physical gifts. Is uh, he came in with eight days' notice, his rookie year, and just was not going to be denied. He went three and zero. You remember to start off the season? Absolutely. So yeah, I don't think this is going to be an issue at all. Okay. The thing is that it's just going to be things like the left tackle. You cannot let him be if he does start say Thursday night. They think you know. They, they kind of surprise him and he starts. Right. Wow. Is that an important thing? Yeah. How about it, right? Right. I mean, Vic Beasley is going to be looking for blood. These guys, they have a great, uh, you know, very good uh, defensive uh, front four. Uh, it's a really good defense, period. Right. So, um, that's, uh, you know, I hope uh, that uh, that Jason Peters is, is back, he's healthy, and, and, and he's effective because they're going to need it Get him through that first couple series and make sure he doesn't get there. Absolutely. Well, like I say again, now let me ask you this question. Let me ask one, 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 one real quick thing. Just add to this in a few seconds or less. Who starts? Who starts on Thursday? Foles or Wentz? Right now, I'm starting to think Wentz. Wentz, okay. All right, I think Wentz as well. Well, Al, as always, thank you. Thank you, as always, for everything, just being here today. And, uh, you know, always enjoy when, when, when I'm on the uh, when I'm on, on, on your side of the road and what have you as well. So definitely thank you for being here today. My pleasure. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to 96.1 FM and 900 AMWRD Black Talk Media. We'll be right back. 
This is Ronald Clark from Moravia Health. Moravia Health Home Care Service are an excellent option for individuals who need medical attention or even non-medical assistance with daily activities, but would rather receive this care in the comfort of their own homes. Make this change today. Come and experience Moravia Health for yourself. Call Moravia Health at 215-717-8650 or visit moraviahealth.com. Moravia Health, because there's no place like home. Most of my family, they never graduated high school, so I'm trying to break that barrier. My daughter, Brooklyn, was also a motivation for me to go back to school. Every day after work, went straight to school, and it paid off. At age 26, Kareem finished his high school diploma. I could not have done it alone. I see the future is really bright for me. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Join Word Radio for the next installment of the Walter P. Lomax Jr. MD Speaker Series presents Word Speaks. Blackademia, Part 1, Friday, September 7th at the Barnes Foundation, 2025 Benjamin Franklin Parkway. You don't want to miss this powerful panel discussion featuring the top African-American leaders at four major area universities exploring their personal journeys and how their work impacts Philadelphia's black community. The panel features Brian Blake, Provost of Drexel University, Joanne A. Epps, Provost of Temple University, Phoebe Haddon, Chancellor of Rutgers University Camden, and Wendell Pritchett, Provost of the University of Pennsylvania, moderated by Brother Shamari. The panel will precede the Barnes Foundation's first Friday celebration. For more information or to purchase tickets, visit wordradio.com or call 215-425-7875. Presented by Comcast Universal, Pico, Keystone First VIP Choice, Keystone First, Aetna, and Moravia Health in collaboration with the Barnes Foundation. Leo's is a one-stop shop from head to toe for men and boys. Featuring a summer sale with two-piece designer suits for $99 off. The second suit of the same item for 50% off. Leo's has the largest shoe, hat, and cap collection in North Philadelphia. And the largest inventory of sandals and Stacey Adams shoes for men and boys. Check out our boys department with designer suits 50% off. Two locations, Tommy's, 2917 North 22nd Street and Leo's, 2705 Germantown Avenue. You're listening to Word Radio, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD, independent black media. Okay, welcome back to the Chris Mary Report on WURD. We are awaiting um, Marcus Hammond from Next Level Quarterbacks. Now, what this guy does is really unique. He helps out young players who are young high school athletes and college athletes um, to play the quarterback position. And uh, I want to get his insight on some on a few things. And so, if you have a so if you have a kid, if you have a kid who is uh, if you have a, a, a young man who's playing quarterback at the high school level, you might want to get this guy to help you out because he he's gotten scholarships for kids and uh, you know he teaches these kids the fundamentals of play of playing quarterback. He he actually played quarterback at North Carolina A and T in the MEAC, and um, so this is a guy who who definitely definitely knows his stuff and. Um, and I gotta, and I gotta say that um, I got, I, I gotta say that uh, a lot of quarterbacks, the quarterback position is probably the hardest position to play in football. And so, from that standpoint, um, we have Marcus Hammond with us on the air. What's happening, Marcus? Hello. Okay, Marcus, you with us? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Um, I- Talk about talk about what you do with next level quarterback and and how you get these kids to learn to play the position and you also have, you you also have guys who are already in college as well right? Correct. Um, so I I run next level quarterbacks, which is a training program that gears towards getting kids ready for college. Um, and through next level great football club is where we handle the academic development, the recruiting support, um, the mentoring and all that kind of stuff, the leadership, everything that goes into being a good quarterback. So the first thing 
the first thing that I that I ask guys when they say, "Hey, I want to become a quarterback," I ask them, you know, what do you want to do with your life? And they look at me crazy because they're young, right? 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. And I say, if you're not willing to be the CEO of your life, if you're if you're not willing to take all the blame when something bad happens, right? It, this may not be for you. So we're constantly challenging guys from a mental standpoint before we even teach them a step or a throw or anything. And usually once guys are comfortable in that role, being the leader, being the facilitator, being the communicator, uh, being the coach on the field, then teaching everything else is the easy part. Right. Because they understand the responsibility that comes with it. And they also understand the level of accountability that we're going to hold them to because in order for them to get to the level that they want to get to, they may not know it, but we know it. And it's going to take a lot of hard work and a lot of focus, a lot of dedication. So first thing we do is we break each kid down. um, And once we attack their, their, their mental psychology, then we, each kid's different. So we can't just say, we're going to come out here and teach you A, B, and C when a kid may already have C and B and need A, or he may have A and C and need B. So once we can attack their psychology, then the rest of it is easy. Wow. And it's interesting you say that you talk about the mental process. When you look at playing the quarterback position at any Division One AA school or a Division One school or in the NFL, it's a demanding position in the sense that it was watching. I watched quarterbacks last night. I was watching Michigan State and Utah State to play that position. You, you as you were saying, requires a mental makeup. And you, and you, you explain one. You know, one of the one of your methods is basically asking what to do with their lives and all that. But how, how do you prepare these kids? You know, for the for the mental aspect of being a quarterback, you know, just, you know, because you, you mentioned something about, you know, taking the blame, and that happens a lot as a quarterback. Yep. Whether it's, you know, whether it's a pro college or high school, the, quarter, the quarterback takes the blame. How does that process happen of mental? I mean, do these guys end up, you know, being upset, crying or something like that, or do they have to really just, they really adjust to the situation? Well, the best way to prepare them for that is their parents. Right. And it's funny. And I love the response that parents, you know, the face that they make when I tell them. I say, hey, if you want to be quarterback, your mom should never have to tell you to clean your room more than once. Wow. Your your dad should never have to tell you, take out the trash, cut the grass more than once. Right. Because if it does, if that means you don't really take ownership of what your role is. Right. Right. And that, that's in life. If you take ownership of what your role is, and sometimes that may be helping your little brother or sister just the same way you would help a running back or receiver, if you don't take ownership in that, uh, it's going to be hard to flick a switch right. and take ownership of it in a different environment like football. Right. Um, and when it does happen, I mean, we tell them that it will happen. And the analogy that we use, and I, I don't know if, if he still has any of these records, but at one point, Brett Favre had the record for throwing the most interceptions in the history of the NFL. Right. At the same time, what other record did he also hold? Um, he uh, his longevity streak. He played. He's played every. He played every game. Darn every game of his career. He also had the record for throwing the most touchdowns too. Right. That's right. That's right. So you know, we we, we tell a guy, you know, I, I get it. You just threw a, a, a pick. You know, your team lost. You're upset. But how many times did Brett Favre do that? And then how many times did he wheel his team down last game, last drive of the game, and earn a victory? Right. Got to be able to have. You know, you got to be able to have that mental fortitude. Right. You know, we, we teach something called mind like water. Mm-hmm. So pebbled into a lake, it's going to ripple. Right. So a boulder into a lake, it's going to ripple, but much larger. Whether it's a pebble or a boulder, after five minutes, what's going to happen? The lake is still. Right. And you go on to the next play. So if you score a touchdown, you can't, in your mind, be celebrating that touchdown 10 plays later because guess what? That linebacker's mad that you scored a touchdown and he's coming after you. And you got to be ready, and vice versa. If you throw an interception, you can't be thinking about that interception three plays later, five right. plays later, ten plays later, because you got ten other guys on the field and you got forty-three other guys on the sideline 
that are looking to you to lead the team. Wow. You know what I mean? And that's, once you can get a kid to grasp that, there's nothing that they can't do. Right. There's nothing that they can't do. And, you know, I've been doing this for six years now, and we have some guys that are playing at the college level, some guys that are playing at a really elite college level, and mm-hmm. then we have guys that are playing at a smaller level, you know, Division three, Division two, mm-hmm. Division one, AA. And that same mentality that we instill in them, uh, one of the guys is a Division three quarterback, and he started his own business in 12th grade. Mm. And now that business is going so well, there's people around him that are saying, hey, you should probably drop out of college and run your business. Right. Or you should probably sell your business. And he's playing football. He's like, I'm having fun. Why would I stop? Like, yeah, I know I'm a CEO, and yeah, I know I'm, I have to be an A student, but I'm having fun. Everything that we teach at the quarterback position correlates to life. Right. And overcoming small failures is a, is a perfect way for them to – get a real life lesson in, in life because at some point there's going to be a failure. Right. When you get laid off from your job, your girlfriend breaks up with you, you get cut from the team, it don't matter what it is. At some point there's going to be some type of failure in life. And the more you're, the earlier you're able to experience that and bounce back from it, the, the, the more better you're able to handle it when it happens later on. Right. Let me ask you this question. What motivated you? You're based in what? In South Jersey, right? You're based in yes, South sir. Jersey. Do you, yes, do, do you, first of all, do you do anything in Philadelphia? Do you anything? You have kids coming in from, from Philly? We have kids from Philadelphia that will travel to South Jersey. We actually have quite a few of them. And then um, in some instances, I'll travel over there if they want me to. But mm. for the most part, we really stay in South Jersey just because there's so many kids. Right. Well, let me ask you this. What motivated you? You When did you play quarterback at, at A&T? What years? Were you? I'm trying to figure out if I even remember you there. Um, uh, I didn't. I wasn't a starter. Oh. I, uh, I walked on in 2004, and uh, the guys that, that taught me football played in the NFL, coached the NFL, and uh, I, was, I was always on the travel team, but I was an academic scholarship guy, and I just really I learned the game. You know, they were teaching it to me, and I learned the game. But I'm five foot ten and a half. The guys in front of me were six five, six six, six four. Right. One of, one of them was a transfer from Oklahoma State. You know, so these were really talented guys. But the thing that I was blessed with is a brain. You know, so I was there oh four, five, oh six. Right. Six, I got into a car accident, and then I was around the program. But then that was pretty much it as far as playing. And then I started this program. I was out of football for probably five years and then I started this program helping kids on the side right I was gonna say so you so you wanted to do this you you wanted to just help these kids just learn that because the quarterback position obviously is the hardest position I think I mean that and playing maybe center and having to call the you know the blocking sets but the quarterback position, and I'm just wondering, so was there anything that, that you said, oh, wow, I've got to start this for kids and get, let them know the position? Actually, no. Um, my brother asked me to play, to, to start it, and I said, nah, man, you know, I'm a civil engineer, I'm making money, I'm working, football's in my past, I'm not worried about it. Right. And he had a kid who was a baseball player, very energetic kid, very big arm, uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not even playing quarterback in high school. But at the time, I started working with the kid, and the kid loved it, and then I loved it. I kind of felt like a new energy, you know. What right, I mean? right. So then I started working with him more and more, and he ended up pushing a senior for a starting job as a freshman. And then more and more people started asking me for help. So the more that we're working with kids, um, the more I really just I enjoyed doing it. You know, I love I love the position. I love the game. I love learning the game. I mean, even from when I was in school to now, the game is changing. You know? Right. That, even if you just focus on the NFL level, the game is constantly changing year after year. Every few years, there's going to be new things. You know, so so learning the game and learning how to implement them and you know teach kids that are pure and raw. I love that because you get to see the transformation. Right. Speaking of, you know, a lot of times, you know, we look at the quarterback position in college and pro football, and obviously you train high, you train high, you work with high school and college kids, but it seems to me that every time, and maybe this, I don't know if this is a racial thing, I don't know if it's just football, 
But every time you get a quarterback who has athletic ability, i.e. meaning he can run, he can do all he has a strong, he can do all kinds of things. Why is it that sometimes those quarterbacks, when they get to the professional level, there's like this struggle or this whole thing to kind of get these guys to kind of fit into that NFL mode? What's the what's the issue there? What, 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 how do you see that? Well, when me and you met, I think I made a comment of this on one of the other shows, and it's uh, it's it's tough to coach something that's special, right? And the fear is, I don't want to mess him up, I don't want to slow him down, and if a guy has always been a superior runner, it's going to be really hard to make him not run. And right. if he's good at running, I don't want to be the guy that tells him not to run. And then he slows down, he messes up his reads, he messes up his throws. I'm going to be the guy that breaks him. You know what I mean? Right. A lot of a lot of coaches, if, if a guy can win with his legs, go ahead and win with your legs. But the downfall to that is, one, you're going to get banged up and you're not going to play as long as somebody else that may be a true pocket, pocket guy. Right. Now, don't get it mixed up. There's guys that play a long time that make plays with their legs. And most importantly, the $100 million guy, Aaron Rodgers. Right. Aaron Rodgers throws the ball on the run better than probably anybody in the game. You know what I mean? So getting kids to understand, yeah, you're a superior athlete, but your body is the asset. Your brain is the asset. So instead of running and getting yourself into trouble, why don't you slide? Why don't you run out of bounds? Why don't, you know what I mean? Right. And I, and I don't know what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson, but if I'm a coach that has a guy running 4-3, 4-4, and he's good at it, mm-hmm. you're going to be enticed to run a, a quarterback draw or you're going to be enticed to let him get out of the pocket and try to pick up 10 yards, even though we know, all right, pick up seven yards, let's punt, and then live to play another down because they're not going to ask Joe Flacco to run out of there and pick up seven yards. No. No, they're not. And um, you talk about reading defenses. I mean, after they get past – I guess the leadership, learning how to be a leader, learning how to, you know, learning how to deal with adversity. Um, the reading of defenses, because a terrible stereotype that people had, that people had of black quarterbacks, is the whole idea of reading defenses and all that. You know, <clears throat> what, I mean, how. How do you manage coaching that through a lot of kids in general? How, how do you manage dealing? Oh, well, you know, well, second thought, um, Marcus, hold that thought till after the break because I want to deal with We had to go to the break. But okay. hold that thought because um, I, I really want to get into that, that, whole, that whole mindset of teaching someone how to be a quarterback. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to 96.1 FM and 900 AM WRD Black Talk Media. We'll be right back. Creator Roofing. That's the company my dad runs. He's a great roofer and a father too. I've watched my dad over the years. He really cares about his customers like he cares about our family. My dad has been a licensed, bonded roofer for over 20 years. He runs Creator Roofing, he's a block captain, and he started Streets of Hope, a ministry to feed, clothe, and shelter the homeless. Call my dad because he cares about people at 267-333-1778. Hi, this is Brandon Wallace, the owner of Creator Roofing. Please give us a call at 267-333-1778. As I went through school, one giant question loomed over me. What did I want to be? First, I had to decide what I wanted to make. I wanted to make more, so I became a teacher. Now I make learning a privilege, not a chore, and frustration a tool, not an obstacle. I make working hard seem easy, and giving up impossible. I'm a teacher. I make more. Find out how you can make more at teach.org. Make more. Teach. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council. You're listening to Word Radio, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD, independent black media. Until the philosophy which old one race superior and another inferior is finally okay we are back and we're with our guest Marcus Hammond of Next Level Quarterback before I before I get to, to another part another question with you Marcus um where can where can kids where can you know, parents where can people find you to take advantage of your services 
Our website is www.nextlevelgreats.com. Uh, my my Twitter is at nextlevelqbs, and uh, they can be able to reach me on both of those. Um, our our phone number is eight five six four five two one five five three, and they can pretty much find me any any one of those three ways. Okay. The process of teaching kids, you know, to read those defenses, to know, to stay patient, to know when that uh, when that tight end will probably break open or when, in other words, the whole act of going through progressions, going through their progressions. And I was wondering if you could, because a lot of times people say that, but I don't know if our listeners really know what that really means. Um. So the first thing that I do is, uh, we make our kids learn how to play chess. Okay. Has nothing to do with football. Has everything to do with strategy. Wow. Understanding how how pieces of a puzzle can move, and they can only move in a limited space, and when they are out of position, you can attack. Once they know that, they know, okay, this corner can't line up in this alignment, or he's susceptible to this, and vice versa. Right. Once they know that, teaching defenses is the third part. So the next part is you get a lot of people, and I apologize if it gets loud. I'm actually I'm going to run into my meeting and just tell that this guy that I'm going to be outside because it's actually a NFL Hall of Famer. I'm not allowed to say his name, but I just want to let him know that I'm not late. <laughs> okay. But, um, but once, once they understand, okay, this is how you do strategy and this is how, you know, your thought process and once you know, once you know that part of it, then you make them learn their offense. Once they know their offense, then you because no, I can tell I can teach you any defense possible. Right. Combo coverages, zone blitzes, all kinds of different things. But if you don't know what works against that, then what's the point of knowing how to recognize it? Right. Right. So we we make sure that our guys know their offense more than anything possible. And then the third step is once they understand strategy, then the the first step is okay. This is what these this defensive alignment is. This is how you can beat it. Right. This is what this defensive coverage is. That's how you can beat it. And you know so on and so forth. So we don't teach a full field read to anybody that's in middle school or in high school. We teach them to go through progressions by breaking down the field and uh, applying. So say there's a pass concept, there's only going to be one or two key defenders that can break up that, that pass concept. And then from there, you kind of expand. So if you can get a high school kid to say, okay, it's a slant flat, and the flat defender is the guy that can break this up. Well, mm-hmm. what coverage is there a flat, de- is there a flat defender? Once they can understand that, they don't need to care what the left uh, safety is doing because he's reading the, the the flat defender. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, um, it, it makes sense. Yeah. And that's how, and that's just pretty much how how we break it down. You know what I mean? I'm, still, I'm finishing the interview. So, and, that, and that's just pretty much how we break it down. Um, and once you have guys that are a little bit more advanced, mm-hmm. then you can go beyond that. You know what I mean? And then you can get into choice packages, uh, route conversion, changing stuff at the line of scrimmage. A lot of that is game planning right. and understanding the intelligence of the player. But mm-hmm. you can teach it. My like my philosophy is you can teach every single kid anything that you want them to do. Right. But if you don't have a clear direction and a clear path on what it is that you want to do, you can't expect the kid to react and play efficiently. Right. Because a lot of coaches aren't good at coaching at the quarterback position, even though, you know, high, especially the high school level. I'm talking about high school level. To me, I, I don't – it's not to say that there are high school coaches that aren't good. There are a lot of them that are good. But a lot of coaches are kind of limited in themselves in that they don't really teach that position well. I mean, I mean, I mean do you find that to be the case that a lot of high school coaches don't teach that position very well? Well, what I found to be the biggest thing was that – a lot of high schools, a lot of districts, um, they're under they, they're they're under resourced. Right. So down south, if you go to Florida, a regular public team, a public school team, 
it could be a 1A school, 2A school, even a small school. They're going to have a head coach. The head coach will serve as the offensive or defensive coordinator, but they're still going to have a quarterback coach, a receiver's coach, a running back's coach, a line coach. And then they're going to have a separate guy that is the D-line coach, the linebacker's coach, the DB coach. That's very similar to college. Right. Up, up here, you don't get that. Not at a lot of schools, just because you got to pay 10 coaches. Right. And now you're talking about in salaries, you're talking about $50,000 alone just in salaries. Right. If it's a good program, you're talking about $150,000 alone just in salaries. And that's, to me, the biggest, the, the biggest systematic issue in our region. Now, you get some coaches that are really, really good guys, right. and they might be experts at linemen, but they just don't have the know-how to develop a quarterback. Or they might be experts at linebackers or defensive backs. They might have played in the NFL as a running back, but they, they just don't have the know-how to develop a quarterback. And even guys with X's and O's guys, the fundamentals, they might not have the time to develop the fundamentals because they're working on the X's and O's, you know what I mean? Right, absolutely. Because Now, let me ask you, now, does your services, like I know there are groups like IMG Academy, they call, they pay a lot of, you got to pay a lot of money to do that. Does your service cost a lot of money in that situation, or do you provide ways to, so, that, so that kids can, can kind of afford to do to, to, be, to get that kind of instruction? I've had I've had quarterbacks that would travel to the West Coast for private instruction. I've had quarterbacks that would travel down south. They would travel to Arizona. I've had quarterbacks that would go to the the world renowned quarterback coach, mm-hmm. and then they would come to me and they would say, "Hey, for what you're teaching, you're not charging enough." Right. But it's not about the money. Like you're, you know. The goal is if I take one kid and I teach him to really develop from middle school to high school to college and beyond, people are going to ask that guy, how did you get so good? And then he's going to tell them, I worked with Coach Marcus from NLG and Next Level Quarterbacks. Then I'm going to get 10 kids. So for me, being in this six years, competing with guys that have been doing it 20 years, Mm -hmm. I don't, like, it's not about anything else other than getting that quarterback to become a better quarterback. Right. I think our prices are fair. Um, some people that have been to the highest level say our prices are too cheap. Some mm. people that have never been to a quarterback coach say our prices are too expensive. Right. I think we're right We're right in the middle. Right. Right, because, um, you know, but but the thing I've been impressed with with this program, where you talk about it, is that you teach them, you know, to, I guess, open their minds. Because always, you know, I, I teach college freshmen, and one of the things I know is the guys who are the really good athletes, who who are people who really who study not only in the classroom, not only their their, their playbook, but in the classroom. And so, what for what you what you're trying to do with these guys is to teach them, you know, I guess you're teaching them how to hold holistically, the whole thing. Correct. Yep. And so. And that and that helps them a long way because I like I said you know when I think about the game chess on the surface I don't associate chess with football but you said the the, the whole strategic thing that kids really so that, that, so you in effect teach these guys to think the game correct you have to okay because because I I, I think a lot of kids come into a lot it's easy to come into a lot of sports you know. Where you don't, where everybody you have raw athleticism, but teaching, but kind of having that that unification of the mind and body, I think really is a good thing. So, um, when you you know when, when you can you can you tell me some of the guys that you have helped at the um, at the both collegiate level and at the high school level? What were some what were some of the things that they came in not knowing, and and how did you improve upon those things? I don't know if I got a name name. So, like, here's an example. Um, Alex Hornerbrook, quarterback at Wisconsin. Yeah, I saw him last he, night. Very, very great kid. Super athletic family. Like, their family's probably like the Manning family if if his brother wanted to play quarterback, but instead he's going to go play lineman at Stanford. Alex w- was a guy that was going to quarterback coaches already. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really develop him. Right. But getting him to understand the process of what should be done in recruiting. How do you do this? How do you do that? Right. That really, I mean, he, he went from one scholarship from Akron University 
to 17 scholarships in a matter of four weeks. Wow. And that wasn't because he already had the tools, but that from that aspect, he had to learn how to market the tools, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people say, oh, Alex, your guy. No, not really. He's six for four. I didn't make him six for four. He's pinpoint accurate. I didn't make him pinpoint accurate. You know what I mean? So that's one way where we get guys where if it's maybe a little bit late or whatever, and they have tools, but they just don't know what to do. They don't know who to call. They're reaching out to every college in America, and that's not really the way to go. Um, that's one way to go about it. Another kid is a kid from Westchester. His name is Kevin Doyle. Kevin Doyle went to three different high schools. He went to Bishop Shanahan as a ninth grader. He went to Malvern Prep as a 10th grader and 11th grader. And he went to St. John's College in Washington, D.C. as a 12th grader. When Alex Hornerbrook got to me, he had two left feet. Wow. And his dad will tell you, he had two left feet. He had a big arm. He always had a big arm because he was a catcher, you know, throwing people out at second base and all that. But what really the biggest thing for Kevin was learning how to transfer your weight, learning how to play full speed and deliver a quick, efficient ball. And the biggest part for Kevin was the, the game, you know, learning learning how to know where to go with the ball right. or the play. Oh. Learning how if a linebacker lines up at the line of scrimmage and the safety's six yards behind him, there's a good chance that that linebacker's going to play. Right. If he isn't, that safety's not going to get back and get to a yeah. half from six yards out. And Marcus, I got to stop you right here, man. I want to bring you back just to talk about, you know, just football in general and, and you know, recruiting and what, what parents are to look out for. But thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for having me on, man. It was a pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time. So we'll see you next week on the Chris Murray on the Chris Murray Report on WRD. Enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend, and you're listening to 900 AM WRD and 96.1 FM WRD Black Talk Media. We'll see you next week. Are you between the ages of 23 and 29, a hard worker that's excited to learn new things and have a clean criminal and driving background? Heat and Air Guys is looking for an apprentice. Call 610-583-3207. That's 610-583-3207. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Join Word Radio for the next installment of the Walter P. Lomax Jr. MD Speaker Series presents Word Speaks. Blackademia, Part 1, Friday, September 7th at the Barnes Foundation, 2025 Benjamin Franklin Parkway. You don't want to miss this powerful panel discussion featuring the top African-American leaders at four major area universities exploring their personal journeys and how their work impacts Philadelphia's black community. The panel features Brian Blake, Provost of Drexel University, Joanne A. Epps, Provost of Temple University, Phoebe Haddon, Chancellor of Rutgers University Camden, and Wendell Pritchett, Provost of the University of Pennsylvania. Moderated by Brother Shamari. The panel will precede the Barnes Foundation's first Friday celebration. For more information or to purchase tickets, visit wordradio.com or call 215-425-7875. Presented by Comcast Universal, Pico, Keystone First VIP Choice, Keystone First, Aetna, and Moravia Health in collaboration with the Barnes Foundation. Save the date for Word Radio's 15th anniversary celebration at the Kimmel Center for the Performing Arts. Saturday, October 6th. Mark your calendars today and stay tuned to 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD for more information. Wake up with Word on Word Radio. It's the rapping professor Aaron Smith. Make sure y'all tune in for Waking Up With Word because we will recap the whole weekend's events, politics, sports, music, the environment, the economy. You do not want to miss it. You're waking up with Word, y'all. Don't miss Wake Up With Word, weekdays, 7 a.m. till 10 a.m., right here on Word Radio, 96.1 FM and 900 a.m. WURD. You know that girl that sells seashells by the seashore? She is super thirsty. 
so she seeks sweet sips of satisfaction to soothe her thirsty soul. Simple solution, savings on summer drinks at McDonald's. Sip on this. Any size icy sweet thirst-quenching soft drink like a refreshing Dr. Pepper is just $1. It's a tsunami of sweet soda savings all summer long. And now my tongue hurts. A participating McDonald's cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Celebrating 15 years as the voice.